Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. So uh, I actually suggest that you stand up and let's pray what Tim is speaking to us. Just take a moment. Ask the Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Grab my heart. Have your way. Have your way with me. Your words, Jesus' words, are the words of life. I need you. I need your words. Have your way. Trust the Lord. Wait on him. Great to see you. Uh, so we're coming to the end of a journey, and the journey was about how Peter was seeing Jesus and the truth of Jesus according to the Gospel of John. And you would find around those I am statements, which are seven I am's that uh, John put in his Gospel. And we're coming to that last scene which is as well the last chapter in uh, the Gospel of John. It's uh, chapter 21. I want, before we read the passage, I want to just, you know, set the scene for you. So uh, uh, in that scene, Jesus goes and meets the, the apostles uh, by the Sea of Galilee, right? And uh, uh, he goes there. It's early dawn, like they worked all night. Uh, and he's coming early dawn, and, uh, and, and John is using that to set up something in our mind. So it's important to get the picture. So I want you to contrast this, chapter 21, with things that happen in Luke 5, John 13, John 18. And I'll, I'll set them out for you. In Luke 5 was Jesus at the shore, uh, on the seashore, and he's talking to people, there are many people, so he gets on Peter's boat, okay? And he says, well, you know, just get a bit in the water, you know, just inside so I can talk to the people. And he does that. Peter was fishing all night with his partners and everything, and they caught zilch, which is a technical word for nothing. Not even a tiny fish, okay? And then 
And then Jesus says, well, uh, let's go in a bit and throw the net so we can have a catch. And, and, and you know, that was uh, one of the first encounters of Peter with Jesus. And he gets a lot of fish for him, his partners, other boats, and they were about to sink, all of that stuff. Yeah? And Peter realizes this man is different. <coughs> This rabbi is different. He's not just someone who's teaching. And he kneels at him. And he says, get out of my boat. Because I'm a sinner. And, oh, this won't work. <laughs> you know. And a lot of times we, we meet God, we encounter God, and uh, we hide. We get afraid. We know we're sinners. Okay? And we are. There's no... <laughs> And we say, Lord, get out of my boat, the boat of my life, okay? Because I'm a sinner. That, this won't work. I know I tried, to, I tried to, to do righteousness, you know. It didn't work. I tried to be a disciple. They didn't accept me. I, try, I tried. It didn't work. I failed. I backslid many times. Get out of my boat. And the same, the flip thing is you get Jesus coming again to the Sea of Galilee, meeting the apostles. This is the only time he meets the apostles outside of Jerusalem. And he's coming to them, and again he's coming to them, you know, after, like, between, like, the end of night and the early dawn. And this is a parallelism to... Uh, chapter 18, where Peter is denying the Lord three times just before the rooster or the cockerel, you know. Okay? And you, you, have, you have that imagery, night and daylight and denying and Jesus looking at Peter and now he's coming to him, failing to catch fish again and he's saying, well, just throw the net. Do you see the parallelism? This is the scene. You need to have it in your mind for what you're saying. And Alan will bless us by reading the passage. And please follow with him on the screen. When they'd finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Okay. 
So the first thing I want you to, to notice, it's important to, to understand what happened in Peter's life because he's actually an example of us. But actually the more important thing is to see Jesus. Jesus comes to us even when we are astray, when we fail, we have failed, when we doubted, when we've let go, when we don't know what to do and we want to do whatever we know to do. Jesus is the one who came to the Sea of Galilee to seek Peter and the others and say, hey guys, what are you doing here? See, when he says, I am the good shepherd, I am the shepherd, he seeks and he finds us. And he's compassionate and kind. And he meets us where we are, where we failed, where we failed to even catch fish, which apparently is what we know how to do. You think you know how to lead your life. And a lot of times you fail. Jesus doesn't have a problem with that. And by the way, he knows that we fail. He knows that we can't. He knows that we don't know somehow. And he knows that even sometimes though we know, it doesn't work. It just doesn't happen. You see, Peter was a good fisherman. Like he, he, that was his business. But sometimes even what you know doesn't really work. Jesus comes, in his kindness he comes to you, where you are, where you're stuck, where you're, where you're lost, and he comes and meets with you there. Second thing is, uh, Jesus asked them if they have fish, okay, if you're vegetarian or vegan, I'm really sorry about that, but Jesus eats fish and meat, and he's okay with that, I'm okay with that, so... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he asks. You know, sometimes we misinterpret when Jesus is asking. I'm, I think this is a word for someone here. Sometimes we misinterpret when Jesus is asking us for something and we think it's on equal terms. Can I just tell you, when Jesus is asking you for something, you need to say yes. You need to just say yes. Yes, Lord, I'll do this. You don't kind of like, you know, think about it. No. He is Lord and you are not, as we will see through the passage. Sometimes you need to realize that. That Jesus, in his kindness, he partners with us and he would ask me, Maggie, would you do, would you go and do this? That doesn't mean that we're equal. No. That means that he privileged me to do his will. Please learn that. You need to do his will. You're not God. I know you think you are, at least, you know, in a hidden way. You're not. We're not. So Jesus does that. They say we don't have anything. Makes a miracle as well so that they would realize who is God and who holds in control all things of life. 
Now, John realizes that first. He whispers to Peter. Peter jumps in the sea. Before he does that, he grabs his tunic or garment because he knows Jesus is a highly respected person. I cannot just meet him half naked. That was the tradition at the time. This is exactly like he knew. I need to kneel down and say this to this man. I'm a sinner. Please get out of my boat. But this time, he's not telling him to get out of his boat. This time, he is jumping out of the boat, saying, I need you. I need to swim and run to you even before that boat lands. And guess what? You need that. You really need that. I need and Jesus, again, in his kindness, they come, they bring the fish, they're big fish, by the way. Now, that means that they are edible, they're not the tiny ones that, you know, good for nothing. 153 of them, plenty, for only eight people. Yeah? Jesus is generous. He has no lack. But then they come, and he already prepared the meal. Now you saw Jesus, he's the good shepherd, he's the one who came to them, he's the one who sold them. He's the one like we read in Psalm 23, I will prepare a meal before you. He's the one who's coming to them, though they went out, let's say, without asking him. And he's reminding them, I'm the gate. And sometimes you need to respect when the gate, when the door is closed. You see, he closes and no one opens. And he opens and no one closes. There is someone here. You have an issue that you've been banging that that door would open and you're so upset, you're even upset with God because that door hasn't opened yet. Maybe, maybe you're looking for a job or an upgrade and it's not happening. And you're thinking, God, what is it? You don't care? You don't care? I need this. Open the door. Tell you what, Jesus being the gate, he's your protection when he's closing the gate. There is a reason. It's a good reason. It's a reason that is for you. He doesn't need anything. And he is kind. He is kind. He cares for and he prepared for them, because he's the bread of life, bread and fish. And in his kindness, he said, well, you know what? Bring from what you caught, as if they caught it on their own. Bring from what you caught. He gets us to partner with him. And they were eating. That's the setting. And then he's talking to Simon in front of everyone. And he's calling him Simon and not Simon Peter. It's as if, like when I first met you, Simon, I know you still have the same struggles. I know you walked with me three and a half years, but you are struggling with, you know, the same things. I don't know, maybe he had ADHD, adult form of ADHD, or, or he was just excitable, or he had foot and mouth disease. You know, every time he opens his mouth, his foot comes in the way. I don't know. But here is what I know. Jesus knew him exactly. He knew exactly how he is, how he was. He knows that he's struggling with the same things and he's saying, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And on one hand, it is yes to reinstate him and that everyone else 
who heard about the denial of Peter would hear as well the confession of Peter. You know, sometimes your repentance needs to be public, especially if you are in leadership, because your denial and your sin and mistake was public. And still Jesus in his kindness and all that, he's saying, well, yeah, now this is done, this is dealt with. And he continues with Peter. And now we look at what he really said. So he's asking Simon, Simon, do you love me more than these? And I wonder what you think about these, what these are. Are they the disciples, do you think? Who thinks they are the disciples? Disciples, yeah? Anyone else? You don't want to take part? <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to be? <laughs> okay. Well, the thing about the disciples is, th there is, I think, one layer there, because Peter always thought that I love you Amen. more than, okay? He thought so. But I don't think that this is what Jesus was pointing at, because Jesus doesn't compare us to each other. Do, do you love me more than Tim? Oh, well, sure. Of course. No. Because as well, Tim is not the standard. Jesus is. But as well, he doesn't get us to compete with one another. So Jesus, I don't think he was thinking, if I compare you to the other apostles, do you love me more than them? No. I think this is what he was on about. He's getting him to really check, to really look at, to really understand what is in his heart and who he is. You know, uh, I used to be uh, a psychiatrist. And uh, now I work uh, with leaders and, and in missions and so on. And, and, and one of the main things when you're, well, working with people is they lack self-awareness. Even Christians, absolutely, <laughs> especially Christians, <laughs> in particular. We lack self-awareness. We, we think that we know. We think we're great. You see, the, the world around you now teaches us that if you want to be a leader, just sound confident. So we have a lot of people, politicians, uh, you know, celebrities and so on, and they sound so confident, so confident about what they're saying, but they lack substance. There is nothing inside. And a lot of the time as well, they're so ignorant about what they're talking about. I'll tell you how ignorant they are. They are so ignorant to the extent that they are not aware that they are ignorant. Honestly, uh, Google something called uh, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger effect is a couple of, uh, they are the names of a couple of psychologists who studied that phenomenon. I think it was in the mid-1990s. And they discovered that we are sometimes having huge biases that we're not aware of because we're so ignorant of what we don't know. You know? 
When I was young, I can, I can take that on myself. When I was young, I thought maybe, for example, if I read a couple of pages or a couple of books about the topic, yeah, I got this. I got this. As I learned a bit more, uh, not fully, but I got this. And then as I learned more and more and more and more and more, you know what? I wonder if I actually understand the whole thing. And I sit with people sometimes and they think maybe because they read, uh, you know, a page in a book of theology or psychology that they understand or they heard that lecture that they know what they're talking about as long as you say it with confidence. And Jesus is not like that. Jesus cares for what you really have in your heart, who you really are, and what can you really live. Not the fake pretense <coughs> that you even believe about yourself. So Peter, bless him, you know that word in, in America, bless his heart? Okay, so Peter, bless his heart, thought that he loves Jesus for real. What does that mean? The word that Jesus used. You see, Jesus asked him and he was saying, do you agape, do you know the word agape? That's the sacrificial love. That's when you hold someone really in high esteem and then like the utmost value so that you would sacrifice everything for that person. And Jesus is asking him, do you love me like that, Peter? And Peter is saying, I, well, you know, I love you like my buddy, my mate. Do you see the lack of understanding of who Jesus really is, what he deserves? Do, do you love me? And this is how I love you. And Peter always would respond with that word, <coughs> filio, which is, uh, you know when you say philosophy, that's the love of wisdom. Phile, Sophie, Sophia, which is wisdom, okay? So, so Peter would always answer with that word, but Jesus is asking, do you love me as agape? And then he's asking this, do you love me more than this? These things. So if it's not the disciples, it's the boats, the lake, the fish, the work that you know, your history, your, your, your hope for life. How are you going to get food on the table? Your hopes, your dreams, your ambitions, maybe as well your failures. Do you love me more than your backup plan that you would fall onto if this gig doesn't work? You see, Peter, Peter already saw Jesus. He knew that he was, it, it, it's mind boggling for him, but he rose from the dead, okay? But here's the thing. John is saying that they met just twice before. He is saying that because he wants to give us a certain picture. It's not that it's only twice. But think about this, you meet Jesus, rose from the dead, this is something mind-boggling for you, and then he, he doesn't show up. And you're thinking, so what do we do now? You know, this job that I needed, I prayed, 
I did the interviews, nothing is happening. What do we do now? What, what do we do? Um, I think I really need to go back and do the things that I know. Cheat about my taxes. Or anything else. When you're in times of distress, you go to your lake. Because you like fishing. Some of you here, in your times of stress, you go to your own cave where you do things that are not really Jesus. And Jesus in his kindness is coming by that door. The room that you stay in on your own. The things that you do on your own. And he's saying, tell you what, you got any life out of that? You got anything good out of that? You have fish? Did you catch what you were looking for? Why don't you come? I'll make you catch good stuff. Do you love me more than these? The second time, he's asking him, do you love me? Point blank, that's it. Because the thing, the real reason you can live you can follow Jesus, you can do anything, is that if you know it's all about him. Do you love me? The same word, the sacrificial love, the agape love, and he's struggling. He's saying yes quickly, Peter, yes, you know, like, then, and he's saying something right, saying, Lord, you know, you know, you know I love you. Still it's more reliant than I love you. On that. Okay? Yes. You know I love you. Like if Tim is asking me something. Yes. You know I'll do it. And then I don't. And so he comes to ask me again. Are you really? Are you really? Yes, you know I'll do it. And he's saying, you're my buddy. I have affections for you. I really love when I'm around you. I really love, you know, when you were in the flesh, uh, uh, like before the cross, you know, those amazing things, the, the miracles and all of that. I, 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 I was hooked on that. Jesus is not your drug. gambling. You get excited when you do that. And then Jesus, as he's seeing where Peter is at, he comes down to his level. And he asks him, so this time, Peter, do you phileus me, which is, do you love me as that type of love that you're talking about. And Peter was grieved. You see, now you realize a few things. If you wanted to forget that you denied him three times, by the third time you're remembering. You're remembering who you are. You're remembering what you've done. But the other thing is this that if 
I'm telling you I love you, but on a different level. You're now telling me, yeah, I know. I know that this is the level that you're talking about. But can I ask you a question? Do you even really, really love me on that level? Do you know how to love me, Peter? Even, even more gracious than that is Jesus in all three times. He told him, um, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. He didn't disqualify him. You and I are not disqualified because of where we are, where we're at. That's not what will disqualify you. From living with Jesus, from serving Jesus, that's not what will disqualify you. What will disqualify you is that you wouldn't be in the light, in truth, with him. You remember when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman, he said, well, uh, I'll tell you what, go and, go and get your husband. She said, no, I don't have a husband. He said, you truthfully answered. All the way to that point, you're always good. And then he said, well, because you had five, and the one that you're living with now is not. And I'm thinking, and she answered truthfully? <laughs> but Jesus said, yeah, you need to be truthful about where you are. Because here is what the Father is looking for. He's looking for the true worshipers who would worship in spirit and in truth. What you lack and what you cannot do, the Holy Spirit will enable you and transform you to be like that. What Peter lacked in love, as he lived with Jesus, he grew up to be like that. He started with filial, but he ended with Agape. He started with running away from the cross, but he ended up being crucified. You are not a problem because of where you are. The problem is if you don't want to really be in the light and really know and realize who you are and where you are and how much you need him. You see, if you depend on him, he will transform you. As we all behold the glory of God, that's Jesus, by the way, we get transformed into his likeness. God is not asking you to be ready. God is asking you to realize what you really need so that you would walk with him the journey. So he's saying this to Peter. You know, Peter, when you were young, which is now, <coughs> Peter, you think you know it all. You think you have, you have it, you've got that. So you would let yourself and you would take yourself where, where you think you should go. And the reality is you don't know that. But you're self-reliant and you are in the driving seat. As you grow with me, as you grow with me, if you stick to me, you will get to realize, you will mature and get to realize that you don't have it. You know, Tim just read while we were worshiping John 15, without me, you can do nothing. Not without me, you cannot get dressed. No, 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 you can do nothing. Nothing. The word nothing is a 
you know, Greek word that means nothing. <laughs> like, nothing, no thing. Without them, you can do nothing. And when you realize that, you know, you surrender. You ask someone else to help you get better. And even to take you to where you need to go that you don't know that you need to go there. You stretch your hand. You ask. You ask for help. You see, you rely more on Jesus. You rely on the Holy Spirit. You get to live the life that you're created for. You depend on him. You get to live. You remain in him. Not, you don't just get existence. You get your identity. You get an abundant life. You get what to live for. You get the purpose of your being. You get cared for because my father is the vine dresser. You get pruned. You get cleaned. You get taken care of. And you get to be fruitful. And you get to be in the likeness of you get to bear fruit. You wouldn't know a branch without the fruit. That's your identity. Only if you abide in him. So Jesus after that is saying to him, after he as well talked about his death, he will die on the cross. He's saying to him, by the way, follow me. And that's carrying your cross. Jesus said, you cannot really have any part of me. Like, you cannot really follow me without carrying your cross. And carrying the cross is, you do that every day. You do that to the extent that even your love for your mother, your brother, your sister, whatever, is like a hate compared to how you love me. You, you follow me. Is Jesus telling you today, do you love me? Is he challenging you and calling you, you follow me? Follow me. But I don't have what it takes. Follow me. But I failed a lot. Follow me. But now I realize that I only, I only love you like a buddy. Follow me. <coughs> Follow me. Can I give you an advice if you want to follow Jesus? Don't compare yourself to anyone. Yeah, Don't concern yourself with anything. Yeah. You see, Simon looked at John after that call and the cross and the call to follow him. And, you know, if I'm following Jesus, Jesus already gone through the cross. This is what I'm going to go through. <coughs> See, you're not better than your master, Jesus said. And Jesus as well said, you cannot love two masters. You have to choose. Who is your Lord? Yeah. Follow me. So Simon looked and saw John and said, oh, what about him? What about him? I don't know if you remember that there used to be a, a show used to be called Candid Camera and, and you would go to a restaurant and you would order a meal and then someone else would come in and they would order exactly the same meal and you would get a tiny burger 
and a few french fries, you know, and then they would get this huge burger. And you're, <coughs> don't compare. Don't look around. Don't get distracted. Focus on him. This is why Jesus asked time and time, do you love me? Forget even about these things. Do you love me? Because if you choose to love Jesus and you depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to help you to love Jesus, then you will be able to follow him. And if you're following him, you shouldn't get entangled with the other issues of life. You should have one focus and one focus only. You should be about one thing and one thing only. Jesus. When you're around your lake, you shouldn't think about your doubt and sinking shouldn't think about the storm. Rather, you should think about the one who silenced the storm. The one who picked you up when you were sinking. The one who got you to walk on the water. When you didn't have fish, the one who provided for you. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? If you do, Follow me wholeheartedly, with all your mind, with all your power, with all your might. Follow me. Abide in me, abide in my truth, abide in my word, and you will be alive and you will bear fruit. Do you love me? Would you stand up? I want to love him. Not in the way I'm loving him now. In the way he is calling me to love him. Amen. Do we love him? As his church, his body, right. his house. Do we love him? Do we honor him as the Lord of the house? The Lord of our lives? Do we love him, church? And you know what? If we're honest... We will discover like Peter. That's a good company, by the way. And it, it's the best thing to be honest. To really state it, even if it is painful. Actually, Lord, you know, I only love you. I only love you that much. I only love you in this way. I thought, I thought I would lay my life for you and follow you anywhere. That's what he said to him in chapter 13. But, uh, yeah, I came to realize. <coughs> I came to realize I didn't do that. And I, I don't want to say again big words. I actually even just quickly said yes in the last two times. You know, you know all things. Do you know what Jesus' response to us is? Great, let's walk together. Feed, feed my sheep. 
Let's take care of one another. Let's grow together. <coughs> depending on the Holy Spirit. Depending on the Holy Spirit. To transform us into his likeness. Remain in him. Concern yourself with one thing. And one thing only. One thing I seek. One thing I desire. To remain in the house of the Lord. All the days. All the days, all the days of my life. And behold his glory, behold his beauty. And as we behold his glory with unveiled faces, we will be transformed into his likeness. Let's respond to his challenge and call. Don't take it lightly. Don't go quickly about it. This is not a Sunday thing. This is for today, tomorrow, after tomorrow, for the following week and the week after and the coming month and the whole year and the year after. Do you love me? Follow me. Follow me. Follow me so that you can remain in me. Follow me so that I would make you a fisher Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. in person and online.